the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Innovators Network. Kim McNicholas on innovation. Spotlighting successful entrepreneurs, innovators, investors, and industry experts. Their stories and insights can help you become better informed, better educated, and a better investor. Your host is Emmy Award-winning anchor, reporter, and writer Kim McNicholas. Kim has been a journalist at Forbes magazine, a Fox News Channel contributor, vetted more than 3,000 startups, and has been a mentor for entrepreneurs around the globe. Now, Kim McNicholas on innovation. Welcome to the show. I am actually pre-recording this show in Keystone, Colorado, where the annual Cable Industry Summer Conference is taking place, and I am co-hosting today, so you'll hear this male voice throughout the entire show. He'll ask me questions, I'll ask him questions. It's Phil McKinney. He's an amazing innovator. He's also the CEO of Cable Labs, which is the research and development arm for the entire cable industry. And so we're going to be talking about innovation and innovating with a purpose. Let's get started. This is so exciting. I mean, up in Keystone, Colorado, hanging out at the Cable Labs conference, this some big summer conference, 2017. Cable Labs is the research and development arm for the entire cable industry, which you run. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows you up here. <laughs> this is an annual event uh, that uh, we host here at Keystone. We have about 500, 600 people come in. It's an invitation-only event, taking a look at technologies and innovations for you know, we talked about it as in the cable industry, but they also has broader impact to just broadband in general, including wireless technology. So it's definitely a bunch of geeks all getting together uh, in the mountains. What I really loved about this year's conference, it was all about thinking outside of the box and risk taking and collaboration and doing things that really make you uncomfortable. And I think those are definitely what you need for innovation. It is about looking at the problems differently. Mm -hmm. If you think about and look at problems the exact same way you always do, then you fall into the same trap as your competitors. And therefore, there's no way to differentiate. And so part of the challenge is is getting refreshed to look at things differently, recognize problems that others don't see. Mm -hmm. As I've said many times, the role of an innovator is not to solve problems, but to solve problems nobody else noticed. And it's about also doing that and being able to see a little bit just beyond that horizon. And our role at Cable Labs is to look beyond that horizon and be able to identify the coming challenges or the coming opportunities and work on those and get those to a stage that then can be commercialized by the vendor community, the broader ecosystem, and then ultimately uh, the cable operators and then to the benefit of consumers. And you played a key role this week. Kim graciously agreed to uh, play the MC role for the Monday, Tuesday, this week event uh, here in Keystone. You it was did a great job. Thank you. It was really inspiring to be able to inspire the all of these decision makers at the cable companies to not be limited by legacy, what they've already done in the past what's done before. I mean, that's what's going to stifle innovation. That's what's going to 
keep them from being on the cutting edge. That is what's going to allow disruptors to come in from below and wipe them out. That's what's going to allow people like Netflix to come in and disrupt the entire industry. Well, here's this is interesting because you know we, the Netflix topic always comes up in the cable industry. It does, but, <laughs> and I brought it up on stage too, <laughs> and it but, went silent. But in reality, the cable industry doesn't view Netflix as a competitor. If you look at, for instance, what what many of the cable operators do today is they've embedded Netflix into right. set-top boxes. Because what you find is, is in the cable industry, the big product service that consumers love and want more of is broadband. Mm-hmm. What the cable industry likes is, is products and services that drive broadband usage. That's true. So in reality, everybody thinks of, oh, the over-the-top video services is destroying you know, the business or the market. It's, really it's actually not, helping them. It's really not the case. It's one of those... Um, you know, false perceptions of the industry that Netflix gets viewed as a, viewed as a competitor, when in reality they're actually a very strong partner. And and they ended up being a partner, but at first it was like, whoa, what just happened here? Well, Are a, we prepared? Well, it's a disruption for the programmers, the programmers who produce the content, mm-hmm. it's completely separate from the cable operators. But still, the broadband folks have to be ready for it. They oh, exactly. Have to be prepared. Well, think, think about it today. Fifty percent of all broadband traffic in the United States. Fifty percent is Netflix and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Not Netflix-like or YouTube-like. It's Netflix, those two. It's those two. <laughs> so 50% of all broadband usage in the United States, roughly it varies in different geographies, et cetera. But if you look at it just kind of as a, as a broad brush across the United States, 50% of all broadband is Netflix and YouTube. Well, what about those gamers? One of the speakers, Anju Ahuja, who works for Cable Labs, That's was saying that Cable Labs did a study that um, the, the results showed that 60, 63% of homes in the United States have gamers. And they are those um, power users, right? The broadband power users. And they're the ones that love the product so much that they're breaking it. <laughs> and that the cable industry needs to innovate, innovate, innovate and optimize their networks for the future. When we're talking about the competitive games the ones where I think that they're airing, right? Yeah. The, these games on... You can watch them on ESPN. The and, right. And million-dollar prize, you know, prize monies, et cetera. The difference there, though, is, is that the gaming market, it's not a very big bandwidth user. Oh, really? No. It's, it's, they don't use a lot of bandwidth. What, what they need is low latency. Games Meaning become not a lot of the, 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 well the delay between the time you hit the button that's it right. actually makes the complete cycle into the game gets broadcast out on the network and comes back. Mm. Um, how long is that complete cycle? cycle? That's why if you ask a gamer, they know you know certain statistics like what their ping time is, and a ping time is just sending a very simple command to a spe- very specific server and measuring how long that takes. So if you look at games, they actually put the ping times up in the upper corners. So there's not bandwidth for the serious games. For the serious, oh, for the ser- well, and even not, even the not so serious games. I don't have it on Words with Friends. Yeah, Words with Friends. I don't think are, are, is is uh, is latency dependent. No. But uh, it is uh, interesting from the standpoint of of gamers and how they do um, are sensitive to other things. And what you're seeing in the broadband world is is you know speed, you know gigabit networks, which are being rolled out now are in. Dozens of cities in the United States and being rolled out around the world. Australia is rolling out their multi-gigabit networks based on cable. Um, gamers, however, it's about that latency. Mm-hmm. You know, how fast can I 
you know, do that twitch control of hitting that button and getting that command into the game and getting it back. And for most of us, we just would rather just flip on the light switch and know everything's in place. Exactly. The lights are going to go on. That just magically works. Or your thermostat's going to, you know, turn on your, your heating exactly. and your air conditioning when you want it. It's a different kind of requirements. It's not, you can't peanut butter what everybody's needs and wants are from, mm-hmm. from the network. In the cable industry, we take it pretty seriously. You know, we're the leading broadband provider around the world. You know, the role that broadband now plays in the form of, you know, education, you know, kids not, who don't have access to broadband um, are, are more likely to fall behind in education relative to their peers. You know, so, you know, we at, at Cable Labs, we're the R&D and Innovation Lab. We're nonprofit tax exempt. We don't build product. Uh, but we have programs focused on education. How do we how do we extend the reach of broadband? How do we bring broadband to these kids? The cable operators have programs, in, in the, particularly here in the United States, such as such as that of a child um, is qualifies for a free lunch program in the schools. As an example, um, the cable operators provide them a steeply discounted rate for that broadband service in order to make sure that those kids don't fall behind in the education. Um, you know, broadband no longer is just the, you know, nice to have. It's a must have. Right. And and what's interesting and what I loved about this conference is that realization that the cable industry is laying the foundation for our connected future. Every, I mean, everybody's going to be connected in, in a variety of different ways, you know, especially with wearables. Wearables is probably one of the biggest, fastest growing segments, I think, in the world right now of technology. And Right there at the forefront is the cable industry. We talk about data traffic that you generate in your home, whether it's sending your Fitbit data up to the Fitbit cloud right. or watching Netflix or sending an email or FaceTiming you know, with your grandmother. People don't realize, they think about it, oh, that's wireless. But the statistic is, is 75% of all wireless data, all that includes cellular, everything, goes over the cable network. So the cable network is that foundation that other technologies, including wireless technologies, are built on top of. And it's really going to be key for healthcare as well. And I think that we should probably talk more about that coming up in the break because you had the big reveal of the future of healthcare, the most amazing, compelling video that talks, that really shows innovation with a purpose. Yeah, and and that was the reveal on Monday. We've, We've done these vision videos as the second year around what we call the near future. And this year we uh, took a very kind of personal, emotional kind of look mm-hmm. at the role of technology for uh, friends and families who want to age in place. So with that, we're going to take just a quick break. Kim and I will be uh, right back. We'll continue this conversation. Next up, we'll talk about uh, healthcare and uh, aging in place and the role of technology, innovations, and broadband technologies. And innovation with a purpose. And innovation with a purpose. Now, back to Kim McNicholas on innovation. Welcome back. Phil McKinney and I are co-hosting today, rec- pre-recording in Keystone, Colorado, where the big cable industry summer conference was held. And so many exciting things happened. But one of the most exciting things, Phil, that I, I was just in awe of was this video that showed the future of healthcare. Yeah, this year's vision video is what we call the near future, a better place. Talking about really the underlying impact of broadband technologies to actually make people's lives better. And we took a healthcare bent. In this case, the video takes a look um, at Jim, who uh, 
uh, is 86 years old and wanting to live in his home and age in place and not be shuffled off to nursing home facilities and those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So uh, the inspiration was my grandmother for this film. Uh, we had to deal with the fact that she wanted to live independently, but she lived far away. And how could you help somebody in the system and living the lifestyle they want to live as they age, yet at the same time feel comfortable that they're getting the things they need and, and are, are being able to successfully do that. And this is coming at a really great time as baby boomers age and there aren't going to be enough beds and facilities to house them all. And so it's more important than ever that we are able to accommodate seniors at home and be able to provide the latest and greatest in technology to give them a healthier connection to life. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, we're... we're you know, living longer, mm -hmm. right? But as you live longer, the health complications become uh, can become a challenge. And you're right, the baby boomers and even subsequent generations, the amount of beds in nursing facilities is not growing to keep up with the demand mm -hmm. as the boomers age. And so what are the alternatives? Plus the cost of nursing home facilities, et cetera, is just will bankrupt families. Um to support the you know, support members that end up needing those kinds of facilities. So the real benefit for everybody, insurance companies, cost of health care, just better quality of life is finding those right technologies, those right capabilities to allow people to live at home longer. And more than $3 trillion is spent on health care every single year here in the United States. And health care providers are rushing to try and bring down the cost. And they're, trying, they're looking to do so through advances in technology, most notably are the wearables and virtual doctor's offices or telemedicine, which McKinsey & Co. actually has done a study. And it, they suggest that those you know, technologies, these advances that allow people to live at home could reduce the cost of healthcare by like $1 trillion. And your video shows some of the visions for the future of these wearables and telemedicine. Can you point out some of the really cool technologies that you guys have dreamed up that you think would be in that connected, healthy home in the future? Well, in the video, we show a series of vignettes with different technologies that we apply, such as, you know, the ability to have remote consultation with your doctor. You've got the wearables, you know, heart rate and exercise levels and those types of things. But the one that um, was checking, I think, the blood pressure was just a sticker. Yes, it's, it, it, it's, it's like these technologies that are becoming uh, the ability to extract information just from skin contact, mm -hmm. not requiring you to, um, you know, put a needle in or anything like that. You know, there are blood pressure monitors now, blood oximeters we all are familiar with, but blood pressure we're used to the cuff. Right, where oh, it squeezes, cuff. Where it squeezes <laughs> the arm. But there's actually now better ways to actually do blood pressure testing that doesn't require the cuff, and you can do it as continuous monitoring. Same thing, you can now use uh, sweat on your skin to actually measure your uh, blood glucose. Oh, so if you're a diabetic, you don't have to have, you know, the, you can get start getting away from the, the finger prick um, as a test. And a number of the uh, pharmaceutical companies are working on how do you reduce the the finger prick for, for whether you're testing your, your INR, if you're on uh, blood thinners to blood glucose, and just being able to do it by measuring and, and analyzing the sweat on the, on, on the skin surface. Wow. And so, therefore, you can make these, uh, these wearables become much more accurate and much less intrusive because you can just literally just attach them and, and have them, right? You know, look, I've got a Fitbit watch on. 
right? You know, I don't even think about it. I don't even think about it as being a Fitbit measuring my exercise level and did my get my 10,000 steps. Mm-hmm. What we find with these technologies is we have to, particularly for those when you want to support an aging in place, is you have to drive to a level of radical simplicity mm-hmm. where there's no thought involved right. in it. Um, and in in the case in this in the video, we show these technologies though that are almost they're there, but they're almost hidden, mm-hmm. where you don't you don't see them. Jim doesn't see them in his home. He's not self conscious about them, but they're there to provide an assist for him to live a, a longer, happier life. What I, I I noticed, and also in your innovation showcase, your startup competition that you had, there was a company I can't remember the name. That was really, it was all about the sensors. It wasn't necessarily the cameras following them around the house because that could be really intrusive. Right. And everybody's been focused thus far about the cameras around the house and following people around. But they've realized that it's just about the sensors tracking where they're at. Right. So in this case, that company, they had the sensors built into the light switches. Right. So therefore, you just, you just, you just have light switches. But those light switches are able to detect... Is there somebody in that room? Who is it? Is and it a normal activity? Normal activity? Is it outside of the normal pattern? Like mm-hmm. they, they haven't gotten out of bed and it's 10 o'clock and they're usually up by 8, mm-hmm. you know, and then recognize those patterns. And then if something falls out of the norm, start letting people know. Call family members, you know, maybe trigger a phone call to the person saying, are you okay? Mm-hmm. You know, do you need help or assistance? Those kinds of things. You really do have to make them hidden and non-obtrusive. And not, and privacy is important. You know, you want to age in place, but you want to age in place with dignity. You don't want to age in place and feel like you're a burden on the family or or allow the family to overreach and, you know, and feel like they're controlling you. And what I also liked about this video, and it wasn't healthcare specific, but it was just the seamless ability to have a video connection in your home um, all the way on the go. They had, um, I think he was talking to his daughter from one room to another. At first it was on his iPad or on his phone. And then when he walked into his main room, he could have her on her the big screen television. And then when he left to go on the bus, the Ollie bus, I love the electric bus, Ollie. Um, when he got on the bus, she was right there on his iPad again. Correct. So it's really something, you know, Jim initiates the conversation or maybe the daughter calls him, but that he can easily, seamlessly engage in those conversations mm-hmm. anywhere. In the other part of the film, we showed the permanent presence. So there's the video wall into Jim's son's house that just looks like it's part of the house. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they said, you know, the two living rooms look like they're attached, and it just feels like you're in, the, you're in the communal environment of being able to participate as if you were there. That's really neat. Yes, it's, it, it, and the video is, it has gotten a lot of very interesting traction and some um, interesting reaction. We did a press conference and we can talk more about, you know, those reactions uh, when we come back from the commercial break. Yes. And also, once again, innovating with a purpose, which I think this video definitely demonstrates. Right. Showing that it's not innovation for innovation's sake, but innovation yep. to have an impact on people's lives and an impact that actually makes people's lives better. We'll be back in a moment. Now, back to Kim McNicholas on innovation. Welcome back. Kim and I are here talking about what the experience is up here in Keystone with the summer conference, which just wrapped up last night. As we were going into break, uh, I was talking a little bit about the, this press conference that we held here after the video, which was kind of interesting because a lion's share of the reporters in the press conference were 
uh, reporters for the healthcare industry. And I think they were a little shocked about, you know, the video once they saw it. Well, and one, then, that it was the cable industry that was doing this video. Yeah, exactly. That it was the cable industry. And a number of the reporters asked me in the Q&A section of the press conference about why is the cable industry yeah. so interested in healthcare. And <laughs> I, would, I guess I was a little shocked that they were shocked, I guess, is the way to put it. Uh, I had to remind them that, you know, look, we're the, you know, if you look at broadband in consumers' homes, a lion's share of that is cable. Right. And... If this is a this is this is a societal problem, and the cable industry is committing to say, how do we help? Cable industry is not going to go build the sensors and build, you know, the the, the monitors in your room, in your in your house, those kinds of things. We want to use this film to inspire innovators to solve these societal issues, and we, as the cable industry, making sure that our network is there built. And constructed in such a way to support this, because when you start supporting healthcare, it's a whole oh, different scale well, of complexity. You have smart chip sensors, RFID tags, real-time location systems, and they're all creating this exponential data growth that, and all these real-time computing requirements that are unprecedented, haven't been done before, haven't been necessary. Right. We, we talked earlier in the first segment about latency for gaming. Right. Latency for healthcare has a whole, oh, diff- it's a whole oh, different level, level of requirements. <laughs> you know, there's certain medical issues that, you know, you've just got to always be there. You've got to be on, on the game consistently. And so, you know, as an industry, you know, we are doing a lot of research on how do you drive to be able to satisfy those kinds of needs. And at the same time, we want to, we want to inspire innovators, startup companies to mm-hmm. large pharmaceutical companies that we need to come together collectively to solve this problem. There is no company in the world, no Fortune 25 company, anybody that's going to solve 100% of the issues that we need for the healthcare systems. And it's not just in the U.S. This is a global problem. If you look at the aging population in Italy and France, or the challenges that Japan is already having in the, in the aging population, this is a global problem. And for us, given that Cable Labs, we're global. We have members in five continents, 35 countries. Mm-hmm. You know, we are the R&D and innovation lab for our global industry. It's a global problem requiring a global ecosystem of companies, innovators, researchers to come together to put these things in place. And in order to put those things in, in place, what I, I liked about you sharing this video at the conference in front of all these the biggest decision makers in the cable industry is that you're inspiring them to innovate with a purpose. Right. And when we talk about innovation with a purpose, there's innovation out there that's, you know, you're innovating just to drive speeds, right? right. Oh, can we do one gig networks? Can we do or lower cost or or you know, be more efficient, take out operating costs or whatever. And the cable industry is known and one of their primary focuses has always been cost cutting, cost cutting, cost cutting. You're saying that shouldn't be at the forefront. Maybe it is in the back of your mind, but I think innovating with a purpose actually will help you solve that I- issue in the long run. Yeah, I mean, the, the cable industry invests literally hundreds of billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, here in the United States, if you think about the cable industry, and a lot of people don't realize this, right? If you look over the last you know dozen years, the cable industry has put in almost over $200 billion into, build, into the network, mm-hmm. cost of actual construction of the network. It's the largest privately funded real estate project in the history of the United States with zero government dollars. 
to go into that funding. So, and that investment just continues to grow, right? Because the demands, as you were saying, you know, more data, more speeds, more, you know. So the dollars, you know, are going down. They continue to go up because there's a huge amount of investments that have to happen. Because when you're building a network, it's what I refer to as you got to feed the monster. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you can't pause because the customer demand is there. Things are happening like... You know, things like home health care. Mm-hmm. You know, one example is Cox, member of, of Cable Labs. Cox has a partnership with um, uh, Cleveland Clinic and actually has created a joint venture to do telemedicine mm. in the Cox markets to bring the, the experts and medical specialists from Cleveland Clinic into areas that would never have access to the quality of experts oh, wow. at Cleveland Clinic. So that's probably, you know, what I would classify as kind of a, the poster child you know, you know, a lighthouse example of where partnerships like this can go address and solve some very specific issues. Cox focusing on how do I deliver a medical gray kind of network, Cleveland having the experts and the consumers and the general population, how you bring all those together. So could that mean that possibly a doctor on demand, the one that's owned by Dr. Phil and Dr. Phil Sanjay McGraw, who also is the executive producer for the doctors, that maybe the cable industry, different ones, for example, Cox partnered with the Cleveland Clinic, maybe another cable now, maybe Charter or Comcast or whatever, could <laughs> integrate doctor on demand into their offering. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the... Uh... The role there is, is, is there's a lot of op- option, opportunities out there. You know, historically, before I came to the cable industry, when I was still CTO at HP, we had a partnership with Mayo. And we actually worked with Mayo with a telemedicine practice program into rural Minnesota, North Dakota, mm-hmm. South Dakota, Wisconsin as kind of a trial. And that was eight years ago um, with Mayo. They're all, we're all trying to figure this out. And what... The benefit of what's happening, though, is is innovation is happening at such a rapid pace. Mm-hmm. Think about what video collaboration was, you know, uh, you know, five years ago. Now you've got companies like Zoom, you know, who deliver, who create a medical grade. They have a HIPAA compliant version of Zoom that doctors are now I using no to allow for doctors to have conversations with their patients, and for that entire link and an entire conversation to be encrypted and secured to meet the HIPAA legal requirements here in the United States. And, you know, look, you and I both use Zoom, Mm -hmm. right? And it's a phenomenal product, incredibly easy to use. Now you're seeing what starts off as maybe a small business solution, becoming an enterprise solution, now going into a vertical to solve a very specific need in the healthcare space. And But if you're an innovator, how do you ultimately, you can't get started off, you know, um, right. you know, going into that big, huge vertical, you have to start off somewhere. How do you think about those things as an innovator? Well, I think as an innovator, if you're solving, if, you look, if, you, if you're working in this space, you think you've got a great idea, is you got to find a mentor. And a mentor may not just be an individual, it may be a company or it may be an industry. If you take the Cable App Summer Conference, we run what's called the Innovation Showcase. So we bring in, you know, eight to 12 companies, every one of our conferences, whether it's here at Keystone or we run an event at Consumer Electronics Show, we run an event at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, where we bring these startup companies, we put them in front of the CEOs and the CTOs in the cable industry mm-hmm. to try to drive those kinds of partnerships. In addition, we also now run 
uh, the upper amp federator for companies that have actual products and technologies that can begin being installed. And we actually bring them in at a, at a no cost accelerator to them. We actually invest in them, you know, and support them, but actually help them take those products and actually bring those to market because we think these things are important problems to solve. Right. And with the cable industry, it's, you know, and back to that video, it's instead of being overwhelmed by everything that they have to do, instead, the video with making everything that's being built on their platform relatable to them and ultimately inspiring them to keep up with the growth in the market and the innovation in the market. Well, I think it's a two-way street, right? It's, you know, everybody needs to be inspired. Right. Right. And the hard part is, is if you look at like bandwidth growth, you know, it's kind of, if you go back to the early 80s, when I first got to Silicon Valley, we thought about Moore's Law, right? You're going to double performance of a, of a semiconductor mm-hmm. every 18 to 24 months. Oh, that curve will never last. Still going on. Mm-hmm. Same thing with bandwidth. You're looking, oh my God, I think this thing doubles. When does it stop? Does it ever stop? Right? We don't know what those products and services are. So you have to almost step in by faith, mm. continue to build the network to, to, to have a certain performance for a service. You have no idea what it's going to be. Mm-mm. And that when you say, okay, I'm going to commit $5 billion and I have no idea what's going to run on top of this. Mm-hmm. That's going to need 10 gigabits, 100 gigabits, terabit kinds of speeds in the future. It's a, it's a challenge. It is a huge challenge. challenge. So where should we go next? Well, I think we come back uh, from this break. We can pick up the rest of the conversation and really talk about it's not just about, you know, healthcare, but innovation with purpose has a much can have a much broader impact, I think, on society as a whole. Fantastic. We'll be right back. Now back to Kim McNicholas on innovation. Welcome back to the show. Phil and I are co-hosting today in Keystone, Colorado at the annual Cable Industry Summer Conference 2017, and we've been talking for most of the show about um, innovation, inspiring innovation within the industry, and the fact that the cable industry is really laying the groundwork for the near future, making the world a better place. (laughs) My own message, right? Your own message. Uh, and, And one of the most inspiring moments, I think, at the conference was that near future video of the future of healthcare and what that's going to look like, and really the whole idea of innovating with a purpose. And so why don't we spend this um, segment, the final segment, talking about um, how do we innovate with a purpose? Well, and then we, we, I've had this on a couple of previous of my shows, talking about you know thinking beyond just simply the innovation adoption mm-hmm. and think about how society adapts to these innovations and technologies. So you have to think about beyond just simply I've created this new widget or I've doubled the speed of a network. It's really thinking about what does that enable or what can be enabled. The flip side is is understanding what's happening in society and understanding or thinking about what innovations do I need to create to help address some of these societal challenges. And that's where the inspiration came from the, uh, the, the video, which was thinking about the societal challenge of healthcare mm-hmm. and aging in place and the fact that there aren't enough nursing homes and nursing facilities to take care of the population that's aging. Look, 8% of the world's population today is over the age of 65. By 2030, that jumps to 16% of the world's population is over the age of 65. So we have an aging population on a global scale. What do we do about that? So if you start with that definition of a problem space, Mm -hmm. then that becomes kind of your focus to think about those innovations. Not just innovations because you can claim you're 
three times faster than somebody else. But your innovation with purpose, the inspiration for your team, the inspiration for an organization is really solving something that we can be personally passionate about. Something that we know is going to have real impact in real people's lives. You know, Sir Richard Branson always says, he has this mantra that runs the DNA of all those companies, always be connecting the dots. And I think that that's what you are leading to. If you're going to be a true innovator and we can all be innovators, there are dots everywhere around us. It's all about how do you figure out what those moments are? How do you define them? And then how do you connect them and ultimately do something about it? Correct. And it's, and it's what's interesting is, is, you know, you don't need to be a professional engineer. No. You don't need to be um, an expert in, a, in, a, in an industry space or an industry segment to bring innovation. You know, we, you and I have talked many times about, you know, Elon. We, you and I both know him. You've interviewed him. I've had multiple meetings with him. Right, he knew nothing, nothing about nothing about space exploration for SpaceX or, or cars or cars for Tesla, and now he's got the Hyperloop for high speed transportation, and then he's got the dig activity in LA, putting tunnels in, trying because he got frustrated of LA traffic, which is where right. he lives, you know, and, and not wanting to fight LA traffic, right. he wants to dig the tunnels. So he's inspired by simply just what does he see around him, mm-hmm. and and you and I have had different guests on our each of our shows. Uh, these high school kids that come up yes. with some of these really just amazing, you know, ideas. And it it really just reinforces that anybody, anybody listening to this show, anybody that, that is out and about can be an innovator. Right. You can solve the problems. And that's why I think kids actually are some of the best innovators if people would just listen because they don't let what they don't know and have never done before get in the way of achieving their dreams or what they want to do. They're not limited by what's in a textbook. The people that are limiting them are the adults, right. the teachers. You know, they can either inspire them or they can limit them. Well, we get into the whole, you know, fear of failure problem. Yes. Right. I'm not going to try because I want to look stupid. I'm not going to try because, you know, who am I, you know, to uh, to do this? And part of, you know, one of the things that we've done, and I've been, you know, you know I've done a lot of coaching and mentoring. You coach and mentor a lot you know, startup CEOs and young people to try to, you know, inspire them for for success. And, and one of the things that we've been working on is creating this community to allow, you know, those that are successful innovators and those who maybe have a desire to innovate or who mm-hmm. saw, who've seen an opportunity but doesn't know what to do with it. And right. how do you find it? You know, one, I get a lot of emails about, you know, how do I find a mentor? So to solve that problem, we've created this community called the Innovators Community. Um, you can go over to theinnovators.community. You can check out the page there. Um, but it's an opportunity. It's a private Slack channel where we bring people together um, that are both everything from the spectrum of, you know, the former head of innovation at Kroger Foods to, you know, uh, you know, down to, you know. Even you, you're on it. I'm on it. And we've got, you know, young kids that are on it who, uh, you know, have an idea, but they don't know how to, you know, take that idea, you know, forward. And so this is an opportunity to kind of come together as a community and let's find and solve and, and uh, address, you know, innovations with purpose. What are, the, what are those challenges? How does it work? What does that look like? Well, we, we started off focusing really on just creating a way for people to find each other and communicate mm-hmm. with each other. So in the private Slack channel, there's a whole series of channels, everything ranging from I'm stuck, mm-hmm. you know, is one of the channels, which actually is one of the more popular channels. You know, you're, you've got, you, maybe you have an idea or you had an idea, you try to do something and you couldn't move it forward. You're stuck. 
mm-hmm. how to you know help me get it, you know help me get it unstuck. The community comes around and helps brainstorm how to get an idea you know unstuck. We put challenges out. We see things like healthcare or education, which is another area of passion for me, you know. And we put these challenges out to get the community to kind of collectively, you know, throw ideas together on how do we address like rural education where, you know, broadband reach is a real challenge. Broadband may not be in some of these more rural communities. How do you address, you know, the educational needs for those kids, those kinds of things. So it's it, it's it, it's a free it's a little bit free form. We allow people to kind of come together and uh, find uh, the, those opportunities to to work together and go go innovate with purpose. And if people go to innovation.tools, they can find so much more. Um, I what I love and I Carrie, this is really funny. This is the first time you're, you're hearing it. He has these killer questions. It's a it's a card deck, like it's just a regular deck of cards, and on each one it it um it's like a brainstorming workshop in a box, right? Right. And it has all these great questions that inspire you to and to spark that creativity. And that's also available on there. And it, it's really quick and easy to pick up. Right. So innovation dot, yeah, innovation.tools is the, on, is the online store um, for people to find tools and training and those kinds of things to help uh, uh, people uh, uh, build up their own skill set. So, hey, Kim, thanks for... Uh, Joining me at Keystone, I really do appreciate it. It was really it was fun, and I love co-hosting. We have to do this co-hosting thing more often. Yeah, this, is, uh, <laughs> this has been great. So uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. This has been Kim McNicholas on Innovation. You can connect with Kim on Facebook, forward slash Kim McNicholas, or email kimmcnicholas at gmail.com. Be sure to join us again next Friday at 1 for Kim McNicholas on Innovation. This show is distributed by the Innovators Network. For more information and other great shows and content, visit theinnovators.network. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.